Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode two of Read It and Weep, the podcast where we discuss the worst in modern fiction. My name is Alex. Um, actually, let's go. Let's do a little better job of introducing ourselves than we did last week. Let's go north to south. So, uh, first we have Chris in Seattle, Washington. Hi, Chris. Hey there. Hey. Uh, my name is Alex. I live in Portland. And farther south, we have Ezra, who is in Northern California still. Hello. That's where I am. That's where you are. <laughs> I was thinking that we might want to, at some point, mention our make, mention some credentials. Do you guys feel like we should have credentials? Sure. Uh, it's a little braggy, but I minored in English. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to, I'd like to point out that I, uh, we are all in our mid-twenties. We are all of the male sex, which means one thing specifically. It means that Twilight is not directed at us. That's right. As is traditional here on Read It and Weep, we're going to start the episode with a compliment, and then we'll end with a compliment and put all the crap in the middle so it'll be a nice compliment sandwich podcast. Who would like to start with today's first Twilight compliment? Me. <laughs> With such Ezra. enthusiasm, please, Ezra. Um, actually, I think that Bella is a really pretty name. So, good job on the naming of, a, of an insipid character. <laughs> Maybe just she like... just named her a word for pretty, so that way she wouldn't have to describe her. <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, I, I've got one. I like the way, with her legend, Edward doesn't like to hang out in the sun. So, for Bella, every day is either Sunny, which she loves because she was from Phoenix, or Edward... And she's created, like, a frisbee kite situation for me. <laughs> that, like, if you go to a park, you always bring a kite and a frisbee so that the wind doesn't fuck you. Either you're totally stoked because you get to play frisbee or you're stoked because you get to fly a kite, but nothing is going to bother you in the wind situation. So you've basically taken, done with the sun and Edward. She's created that same happy situation, and I, I think that's lovely. <laughs> that is a nice compliment, Alex. <laughs> Chris, what do you got for us? You know, actually, in this section of the book, there was about 30 minutes of it where I actually did want to know more. Oh. Which, yeah, I know. I know. Where, uh, you know, there seemed to be a little bit of tension. There seemed to be a little bit of plot going on. That's a personal best for her so far. Here's where we are in Twilight. We're yeah, about let's halfway cut. through the book. Yeah, yes. we're about halfway through the book. And the story uh, follows the, the main, the female lead protagonist, Bella Swan, as she moves to Forks, Washington, where it rains all the time. And there happen to be vampires, uh, including the male lead, Edward Cullen. And it turns out that Edward and Bella are in like with each other at this point. <laughs> uh, but he's afraid that if he allows himself to be physical with Bella, he'll flip out and kill her. Um, and we learned a whole lot more about the realities of him killing her in our very recent romp through a gorgeous meadow that was per that's perfection was only oh, rifled right. by that of Edward Cullen. As at this point, does this sound familiar? Did you get to the meadow scene? That's because that's pretty crucial. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. then you then you're farther ahead. Because that was like the last thing we read. Okay. Yeah. They're still in the meadow at the end of this disc. Yeah, and then we also the the meadow was nice because the meadow we also learned more about Stephanie Meyer's version of vampire lore. 
Yes. Which I, we harped on a lot last week, but it seems like it's as good a place as any to dive right in right now. So, Yeah, the, why don't you take that away? I, <laughs> so we learned that instead of melting or burning or in other, way, other fashions being destroyed by sunlight, the sun gives vampires a nice turtle wax. <laughs> he gets he sparkles and he becomes as though it were possible even more attractive. <laughs> That's absolutely what she I says. Mean, not <laughs> only is he carved from stone as far as muscles and he has perfect complexion and perfect bone structure, but he sparkles now. So it's... that if you weren't already attracted to him, now he's something shiny to look at. <laughs> I do like all of my uh, love interests to be sort of like coated in like a light sugar glaze. Bordering <laughs> yeah. so. on light disco ball. Okay, as a plot idea, as a character and story problem, which there are no shortage of, you've taken away the one real weakness of vampires. <laughs> you can't, it doesn't make sense to have a perfect enemy, a perfect monster. Well, I mean, I mean you, she has endowed him with uh, kind of a simpering uh, loneliness and also, <laughs> you know, basically vampires are perfect and, and are a perfect monster until they meet a girl and then they become kind of moony-eyed, right? Well, and specifically this girl. It's like one out of every 400,000 girls or something. Yeah. Which we also learned that Bella is his flavor of girl. <laughs> Gross. Treating her like an object. And like, <laughs> well, one, yeah. You know, like, yeah. She's, she's not. It's not because she's smart. It's not because she's funny. It's not because she has a great personality. It's because through some twi- quirk of fate, she is his flavor. But as a story for young girls to be interested, because this this section we read was all about making the young girls swoon, right? Besides just how gorgeous he is, we also got to hear his day of questions. Yes. The day where it was his turn to talk to, to ask Bella questions about herself, because she's already asked him all these questions. And he spends like 24 hours going down the list, the categories of MySpace. <laughs> what he is want... your favorite kind of puppy? Exactly. What is your favorite gemstone? What's your favorite color? Tell me the names of all of your friends. Where's every place you've ever lived? And he goes through all of the mundane minutia bullshit that every 12 year old girl is like oh, I just want someone gorgeous to ask me dumb questions all day long <laughs> and it was the first time that I felt during this book that I was like I could imagine if I was a 12 year old girl I would love this I like that her greatest skill is being clumsy <laughs> <laughs> not greatest but only right I mean she cooks dinner and she falls over all the time yeah. And you know what? We learn that that's because danger is drawn to her like a magnet. So if there is a stone she could trip over, the danger of that stone is drawn to her, just like everything else is drawn to her. And so she may not actually be clumsy if not for this magnetic danger quality. that she has. I think it's kind of like she's so clumsy and so prone to accents. It's, it's kind of the way of like nature saying that this character should not exist. the plot's just trying to kill her like every chance it gets it's like the plot's like okay i will just unleash terror on the world if this book ever goes to print i'm gonna try to kill off the main character as many times as possible <laughs> surely she, this will work she was a recessive trait that somehow fought its way through and now <laughs> nature is trying to right itself yeah and failing 
Did you guys get to um, her dress shopping trip? Is that did that yeah. happen? Yeah, that yeah, was okay. that was a little while yeah. ago. And I have some so, things about that, so so talk about it. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, like let's let's talk about the um, like the the rescue attempt, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Bella goes to Port Angeles. If anybody here is in Washington or has been to Port Angeles, you know that it's a sleepy seaside town and there must be only one dress shop, you know, owned by some strange lady. And so she manages she to find to... the one group of four rapists hanging out that night. That's true. Yeah, she gets split up from the group because she wants to go wandering while they're doing something else, while her dumb, dumb friends are doing something else. And then these two guys start following her. And she keeps walking away, and they're following her, and they lead her right into their two friends. And so she's trapped on either side. And then all of a sudden, who should show up but Edward Cullen in a car? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, I hate this book so much because we get no sex, but we still get the threat of rape. <laughs> <laughs> we only get the bad part of sex and not the good yeah. part. It's just ridiculous that this is, this is the level of sex we have is the threat of rape by four guys. Like, that's the sexiness. This is what 12-year-old girls want, apparently. No, no sex with a totally awesome guy who, like, glows in the light and uh, can read minds and drives really well. But maybe, maybe you'll get raped by four guys in Port Angeles. learned a couple of other great things about Edward. So he's been described just as being perfect looking. But in this most recent section, we got all these other fun things about him. Like he drives really amazingly did. well at very high speeds. Yes. He parallel parks perfectly. <laughs> when he parallel parked flawlessly, I, I, that was the, I, I was, I was sitting up on the couch and I fell over <laughs> laughing. If I'd been in a chair, I would have fallen out of my chair laughing when that happened. I cracked up at that too. I mean, like also like, you know, how much, uh, there's just so much teasing. I mean, he slots the car into the spot perfectly. Like, come on. Why are you teasing me with that? And what she said was he parallel parked in a spot that looked way too small for the car. I think the parallel parking thing with, you know, the spot that's way too small for the car is this is again, the closest we get to sex in the book. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was kind of hitting at. I don't think it's going to fit. You know, I actually really like the driving portion. Um, I really, you know, as much as it could be just another thing where Edward's perfect at everything, I like that a thing about vampires is they move so quickly that the rest of the world seems slow and they have to drive that fast. It's almost like another way that vampires don't quite fit into the world. Because he's too good at driving? (laughs) No, I mean, like, it's, it's not only, I guess, it's a glimpse into the psychology of vampires that the rest of the world moves too slowly for them and then it's easy for them to get bored i'm really reaching here i really but you're not just reaching you're reaching and complimenting i don't understand what is the sudden between the sandwich we're in the meat portion you don't have to come up with any nice things right now you know here's the thing though alex um (laughs) there was a portion of this last section that it's not that i liked it you're getting into it I didn't, I wasn't actively revolted. I was kind of like, hey, yeah, tell me more. I kind of yes. do want to know a little bit more. And, you know, I told my girlfriend, I'm really concerned because I want to know more about what's going on. Yes, he's getting into it. Like, 
I know. Is it time for an afraid intervention? No, and then and then the last part of this section in the med- meadow just confirmed everything that I originally thought about this book and revolted me more than anything else that's ever happened. And Ezra, I completely see why you stopped at that point. He's, he's getting you. into it. I know. I'm still scared. This is why I was scared last time. But um, I'm glad you came back around. I'm just hoping, like, I mean, you guys are making me read the rest of this, so I am. Oh, but I would like to point out that. It's awful. I, there was no moment in that where I was, I mean, I, I said, in fact, my compliment the first time was that I was curious and I was curious without being interested the way Chris is. I was like, come on. All right. Well, just tell me the end. I don't feel like, but Chris wants to follow it. He I wanted to even, follow it. No, 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 no. That is an overstatement, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to follow it. I don't want to stalk it and stare at it with dark or golden eyes. Um, I just want to, uh, you know, like there's a bit of lore going on. There's a little bit of backstory and I was like, okay, you know, I can follow this. <laughs> but at the same time, that scene in the meadow was just the worst. Oh my God. The, the scene in the meadow was fun because it included some more breathing on her. And that's when we learned that his breath smelled perfect. Yeah. And we Not learned earlier. Like the best breath ever, but sweet somehow. We had learned earlier that he smells great, but not like cologne. That was another thing that made me actually laugh out loud while I was listening to this was that he smelled great, but not like cologne, that he's just his natural B.O. is perfect. And then she said when she was getting his hot breath and it smelled really awesome, it smelled the same as his body. So his bo- like his armpits breathe sweet, minty freshness. So gross. Uh. Hey, can we talk about pedophilia for a second? Yeah. <laughs> Why the hell not? This guy is like a hundred years old. That... Why do not care about this? <laughs> he's been seventeen for a while, but he's been seventeen the whole time. No, he's a hundred years old. His but well. <laughs> No, I, I, his body is 17, but I think as is right. I think his his brain is 100 and something years old. This is I think you're right. This is definitely creepy. I guess I'm a little bit willing to forgive him because he's so attractive. <laughs> but... <laughs> Do you have any more thoughts about the pedophilia thing? Yeah, I got one more. The 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 idea that I like a lot is that what if he is this old, but it's just like hanging out with your grandpa, like in a really old, uh, you know, in a really young body. So he just like has all these old mannerisms and like, you know, he's like really, really, really behind the times. And he has a hard time with like all technologies. <laughs> he, he, he drives like, drives really fast in the car, but he's actually sitting really low so he can't see over his hands. <laughs> he doesn't look when he's backing up. Yeah. <laughs> He, he eats dinner at like five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he sucks bear's That's blood. That's why but he he's does... never hungry. His lunch was at eight. <laughs> <laughs> what if um if he's so old he has to like you know take Viagra or something like that? Like if that's an issue? Oh, that's why he won't actually sleep with her. Yeah. He was like, well, you should have gotten me in my sixties. I was hot. Yeah. <laughs> now everything's shriveled and dead down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah. Well, we also though, like, we're, so we we know he's a hundred years old, but then when he's when she first like strokes his hand in the meadow, he says uh, he says something like, "That feels incredibly pleasant." <laughs> and I was like, that, that's a hundred-year-old vocabulary? That's the yeah. best he could summarize the first real contact of a beautiful girl since he became a vampire? Well, let, let's, call her a, let's call her a seven. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> an average-looking girl anywhere else in the world. But still, she's, she's touching his hand, he's getting excited, you know? Excited enough that he threw a tree across the meadow. <laughs> Hot diggity dog. Which, I mean, it, it goes back to your Viagra theory. That seems like compensation behavior if I've heard it. Um, can you know, also, guys, what base would hand be back <laughs> in like the 1890s? <laughs> that's, that's intense. That's true. Yeah, so that that's probably true. It's probably not that they're, he's holding out because of his vampire abilities he's holding out because he's got old-fashioned morals that must be it <laughs> actually yeah, i love yeah. when he threw the tree because she uh she says something like his a- i tried to be angry but his anger was more impressive than mine yeah it's like you're you just can't do anything right can you <laughs> yeah what is what is he hanging out with you for he's i mean obviously it's not for the anger it's not for the looks it's um, it's just the only challenge left to him, since you know, because he can read everyone else's mind. So it's like, well, I guess you know, I'll take this, you know, this fork seven. The, um, <laughs> everyone else is way hotter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, you know, I guess it must be boring for him, and having the one person that's capable of surprising him around would be nice if she were interesting or surprising at all. Yeah, you know, because he does say, like, you surprise me everything you do, and that's awesome, and I never have that. I said, well, yeah, because you can't read her mind. Yeah. If you could read her mind, because I can, right? Because, like, the narrator is her mind. Yeah. It's boring. That would really scare you away. I mean, if he could read her mind, he'd go, oh, jeez, I'm just going to kill this bitch and get it over with. (laughs) He's like, he perfectly strangled me. Um, so this idea about, um, about Bella getting hot when she goes to Forks. Yeah. Apparently that's modeled after, um, Myers's, uh, experience of going to college. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's what Wikipedia's telling me. <laughs> Meyer it's... noted, yeah, Meyer noted, uh, that after her own move to college, her, quote, stock went through the roof, commenting that, quote, beauty is a lot more subjective than you might think. But Edward is perfect. Well, objectively so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is so perfect. That that because I've always assumed this was all modeled after her. That she was just an awkward twelve-year-old who really wished someone would ask her about her favorite bands, and that she has nothing interesting about her at all, and that all she wants is to marry a hundred-year-old man and have babies. And then this is like this is her story. This was like her journal plus vampires. There was like I bet there was really an Edward Cullen that she went to like middle school with or something that was too hot to ever notice her and this is like and in this book he does (laughs) yeah it's like her journal and then at one point it switches into he likes me and he's a vampire (laughs) so should we just give our three compliments at the end yeah i think it's yeah i think it's time okay well i went i went last last time yeah let's go north to south again Okay, yeah. So my compliment is um, 
that even though Stephanie Meyer did nothing to describe the meal of mushroom ravioli, besides saying that it was good uh, at the restaurant, I liked that she had a restaurant scene that 12-year-old girls could relate to, where the guy is buying everything for her, <laughs> focused entirely on her, not the pretty waitress. And that was another thing that 12-year-old girls could just really glom on. Look at, he's so attentive. Oh, that actually, I, I think that, I thought that was another, like, that was her fantasy when she was 12, was like, God, I want to go to a restaurant with a guy and have a really hot waitress hit on him and he doesn't notice. Yeah. That was exactly. such, like, a, that is such girl porn. That is, yeah, it, it, it's, it's tween girl porn. You, you totally stole, I was going to talk about the restaurant, too. Um, <laughs> what, all, what I was going to say was, I wanted to compliment her on having Bella order a vegetarian meal. Ooh, that's nice. I, yeah, I noticed that. As a vegetarian, I so infrequently am able to relate to food. I I like that she, even though Bella chose it randomly as the first because it was the first thing she saw on the menu. Uh, I know that Stephanie put way more thought into that in making it be a vegetarian yeah. dish. As what have you got for us? I like clearly she... he's using Google. Somebody, yeah. I hear typing. Yeah, I, I was I was clicking. Um, okay, <laughs> I like that she located the um, the town. In a state that has a one-state buffer for mine, <laughs> so that there's no way that I can accidentally wander into Forks and see some rabid Twilight fans. So like, <laughs> this will not happen. Like, Chris, I feel bad for you because you're so close to Forks, relatively speaking. And like, Alex, I'm not sure if like the border is enough to keep like you know rabid you know Twilight fans away from you. What like, do? Feel... He has a body of water protecting, so nothing's gonna leap out over. Yeah, the Columbia is pretty strong, and I know Twilight fans scared of water. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> can I can I briefly talk about this? I had a coworker actually um, last week take some vacation. He went to the Olympic Peninsula, mm -hmm. um, where Forks is, and I actually drove through Forks. And I think maybe his girlfriend had watched Twilight or something. But the entire town now is given over to. Twilight. Oh, I'm sure. As, as tourism. And so they give Twilight tours, and you go to restaurants, it says, Bella worked here, Bella ate here, and, um, you know, it's just really... Uh, <laughs> Bella worked idea. here. While she was here, she never said anything interesting to any of her co-workers. You've been listening to Read It and Weep, a podcast uh, where we read books that we have no right to read um, and talk about them. This has been uh, Twilight, the second portion. We're going to come back and talk next week, uh, or next time, rather, about more Twilighty things. I'm Chris, and on behalf of Alex and Ezra and our Reading the Leap team, thanks for listening. Uh, Chris and that. Twilight sitting in a free <laughs> K-I-S-S-I-N-G. I think it really should be B-R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G. <laughs> No, I mean, First comes love, then comes flirting, and eventually later some BDSM. <laughs> <laughs>checking out this episode of read it and weep you can find more episodes on our website readweep.com that's read hyphen weep.com and you can send us feedback at our email address it's podcasts at readweep.com